Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. At the sparrow, if God watches over the sparrow, he will surely watch over me. What do you say? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You should be excited because God brought you, brought you through the week. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When I got this morning, I started to cough again, and I told my girlfriend, my fiancé, excuse me, I'm still trying to get used to the word, fiancé. And I told her this morning, I said, coughing or sick, I'm going to preach God's word anyhow. What do you say? Paul said he was sick, and he had a thorn in his flesh, and for three times he prayed, and God says, I will be strong in your weakness. And so this morning, I trust that the Lord will carry us through. What do you say? I am so excited to be in saving grace because God is going to do something wonderful in this place this morning. Amen, amen. I do believe this morning we have a word from God. Also, I want to thank the brother who made me that uh, special remedy this morning. (laughs) That was some strong stuff. (laughs) Amen. You put it on the market, brother, you do well. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to give also thanks to my mother-in-law who is here to support me. How you doing, Mom? It's good to see you. And Sister Barrett and Mama and many of you who are here this morning, my Auntie Lana and friends and family, I want to thank you for your support and Sister Barrett for also making this revival happen and come to pass. Are you excited for God's word this morning? You got to help me come through the sermon this morning. I'm soliciting your help. Amen. I need you to talk back to me. I need you to give me some amens. Hallelujah. Jump to your feet. Amen. Because I'm going to need that extra push by God's grace. And I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I believe God has a word for us found in the book of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. When you dare say, preacher, I got it. Okay, that's a few people got it. I'll give you a second or two. If it's on the screen as well, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Shall we pray? Father, we are thankful this morning in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, when we need you the most, Lord, you show up. Lord, I want to pray that you may keep this cold and sickness in check. Because, God, there is somebody in the audience this morning that needs to hear a word from the throne of grace. Lord, there is somebody in the audience this morning who is on the verge of coming over to you. And Lord, they need that extra push. So Father, we pray as the souls are being weighed in the balance, that Lord, they may not be found wanting, but they may be sufficient. Bless them, Father. Bless this service and give us the power and the strength that we need to go through this moment. Save us, Jesus, when you come. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen. Remain standing to your feet and as we read God's word. And the Bible says in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6 that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. That every inclination of the human thought was only evil at all times. Verse 6 says, and the Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth, and his heart was troubled deeply. 
Verse 8 says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What do you say? How many people want some grace this morning? You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. While I was at Oakwood in undergrad, I went out one day with a community project with a group called Project Reconnect. It was designed to help the people in the lower income communities to be able to get uh, help that they need in order to progress further in life. So one day while we were out, I was knocking on doors. And while I was knocking on doors, I got to one particular house. And all of a sudden, this older white gentleman comes and he opens the door. But while they're talking to him, I was trying to maintain eye contact but I noticed through my peripheral vision that he had something in his hand that was shiny. But I didn't look down because I wanted to be professional and keep eye contact with him. And all of a sudden, while I'm telling the man about Jesus and what Jesus had done for me, all of a sudden the man steps back and then he holds his 38 pistol right there and pointed at me right when I was ministering to him and telling him about Jesus. And I want to tell you, Savoring Grace, I pray one of the most sincere prayers in my life. I said, Jesus... Please don't let me go down like this. Let me get married and have some kids first. Amen. And I want to tell you that the Lord answered my prayers. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you this morning, I understand what it must be like to be on the battlefield for the Lord and to be facing death. And I can believe this morning that Noah was in the same position while God was fed up in Noah's day because of the things that was happening. God was fed up with the wickedness of human beings on the earth. Wickedness that existed in Noah's day had become repulsive and nauseating to God. The depravity of human beings and their iniquity was seen by all the inhabitants of heaven. In Noah's day, billboards were filled with sex and lewdness. TV shows character licentiousness, theft and violence. He lived in a time where there was moral laxity and indecency. It was a time in which philosophy and humanism prevailed over the precepts and teachings of God. It was a time where moral decay was prevalent and the people faced a spiritual recession and their faith was going into bankruptcy. It was a time where moral decay was prevalent. And Noah was often picked on and shunned. Just like when I came to Jesus, I was picked on by family members and friends. But no matter what people say this morning, I want to encourage you that you got to stand for Christ. Noah was called to be different and dynamic. And young people, I want to tell you this morning that God is calling you to be different and dynamic too. He's not calling you to follow the crowd, but he's calling you to be a leader in a time where people don't want to follow him. His life was supposed to be an example. Noah lived in a time in which skepticism and dysfunction was on the incline and truth and justice was on the decline. Truth lost its momentum 
in the homes and society. People didn't want to listen to Noah. They did what they want and they thought little about the consequences of their action. Every day, Noah got up and he preached as he saw sin and corruption covering the earth. Are you listening to me? Humans had become the base, degenerated, and despicable. Men whom God had made in his image had become polluted and tainted with sin. But there was one man who stood faithful when everybody else was not faithful. And his name was Noah. And I believe this morning when God looked down, he saw somebody that he could rely on. And I often ask myself the question, if God would look down today, would he be able to find somebody faithful? Would we be that Noah? Noah was called to do something that was beyond human intellect or understanding. He was called to do something that the human heart or mind could not conceive or conceptualize without faith. Noah was called to do something that seemed crazy and out of the ordinary. Yet God called him to be faithful in his time. And this morning, God is calling some of us to do some things that's out of the ordinary. Like quit smoking, quit drinking, quit hanging out with the wrong crowd. God is calling you to be dynamic and different. Are you hearing me this morning? I could hear people mocking Noah day in. And they out. But their mockings will not last forever. Because a flood was coming. To destroy everything that moved. Walked. Or crawled. Men and women would meet the consequences of living a life. That was immoral and contrary to God's will. That's why brothers and sisters we must reverence God. Because it is God who holds our life in his hands. God is the one that holds record of everything that we do. God had to wipe humanity clean. Because evil had come to a point that it was not tolerated anymore. There was no safety, security, or safe haven. People were being killed from left to right, and there was no justice or equality. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Are you listening to me this morning? The word of God says that the Lord saw the wickedness of human beings and the human race had become on the earth. Every inclination of the thought and imagination was only evil at all times. Everything they thought about was evil. Everything they were inclined to do was evil. Noah was called to be a preacher in a time when people didn't want to hear the truth. Because Noah believed in God's word. What are you saying? And the first point I want to make this morning, that Noah was able to preach because he believed in God's word. You see, because he believed in God's word, Noah was able to conceptualize the flood 
by faith. Because he believed God, he was able to get up every day and build the ark. Because Noah believed God, even when people were mocking him, he stood firm on the promises of God. Are you hearing me this morning? This was no easy task for Noah, though. Because he was the only one, listen to me this morning, who believed everyone, including his extended family and the entire world, was against him. What would you do if everyone was telling you that you were wrong? What would you do if lawyers and Doctors and scientists were telling you that your proclamation of a flood was not true. I could see people coming to Noah's home, warning him, threatening Noah to stop preaching this foolishness about the flood. Every day police came to Noah's door and fined him for disturbing the peace. Huh? CNN, I could see even CNN come to Noah's door with Anderson Cooper to interview this old crazy man about this message about a flood. Fox was there. CNBC was there. Everybody was there. Barack Obama was even talking about this man. But Noah knew that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. And I want to tell you tonight that no weapon that form against God's people will prosper. You got to stand on God's word. Are you hearing me? Sometimes in life, you'll be the only one standing. Sometimes in life, you'll be the only Christian at your job. And you got to be that Noah. He knew that when his enemies came upon him like a flood, they would stumble and fall. But in order for you and I to stand for truth and justice, listen to me this morning, our lives must be in harmony with God's word. We can't preach what we're not living. We can't preach what we don't believe in. See, no one will take us seriously if our lives are contradicting what we are saying. No one believed him. In fact, no one wanted to believe him. Because to believe Noah meant that they would have to give up the lifestyle that they were living. To believe Noah's message means that they had to get right with Jesus. But they didn't want that. And some people are refusing to believe because they don't want to change. They don't want to stop sinning. And they know accepting Christ requires for you to give up some things and some people. But I want to tell you this morning that if Christ asks you to give up something, he's going to give you something better instead. God doesn't ask us to give up things that are good for us. He only asks us to give up things that are harmful to his people. Everything God asks us to give up, smoking, drinking, all those things are not good for you in the first place. The friends he asks you to give up. 
are people that are holding you back. Everything God asks us to give up are things that are not good for us. So you hearing me this morning. Because the Bible says that God is the giver of good gifts. Some people are even saying, well, if I heard Noah's preaching, I would have repent and I would have got on the ark. But Christ, through modern day Noah's, are preaching and people are still not listening. Huh? People still not repenting. And I want to tell you this morning. That Christ has another message, not like Noah's, that a flood is coming. But one day, it ain't going to be a flood. It's going to be fire. And he is coming to destroy this world with fire because he needs to get rid of sin and clean up this place. But he's asking us to come on board. Jesus says in John 5, verily I tell you, Whosoever hears my words and believes, he who believed that he that sent me will have eternal life and not be judged, and he will cross over from death to life. Verily I tell you, Jesus says, that when he comes, the dead who will hear his voice shall rise. Noah preached, people heard. And they trembled at the thought of judgment and retribution. People wondered, could it be true that a flood was coming? Could it be true that God will one day hold us accountable for the things that we were doing? Could it be true that one day the sky will be filled with clouds from heaven? Could it be true that one day, rain will begin to fall. Great controversy says the book that God records in heaven the names and the deeds of men and are registered in his book and to meet the decisions for their actions. The politicians and scientists in Noah's day came up with statistics and scientific evidence that there would be no flood. The leaders of Noah's community told the people that don't worry, there is no such thing about a flood. In their textbooks at school, they taught that it was impossible for a flood to come. Everyone and everything was against Noah. In fact, what made their argument so strong because there had never been rain. So to believe Noah's preaching, it required you to listen to the voice of God. And so today, brothers and sisters, are you still with me this morning? Men are trying to disprove the existence of God through scientific research. Today, it's cool and popular to doubt the Bible and be a skeptic of God's word. But I want to tell you this morning that the word of God stands forever. The second point I want to make this morning 
is that Noah, the people in Noah's day, listen to me, began to make decisions without consulting God. Genesis chapter 6 verse 2 says that they married who they chose. But text is implying that they made decisions without divine guidance. They did not seek God or rely upon him for his wisdom. When it came for them to choose a life career, they didn't pray or ask God for his input. When it came to them to choose a spouse, they didn't pray or ask God. But they did what they want. They didn't consult God. God was left out of their minds and thoughts. When Samson went down to the Philistines, he didn't consult God in his decision making when choosing a wife. And it resulted in his eyes being put out. Abraham took Agar without praying. And it resulted in his family on the verge of ruin. Joshua made a covenant with the heathen nation without consulting God. And he was deceived by them. When it comes to making decisions in life, we must pray and consult God. Are you hearing me this morning? Jesus says that we must pray at all times. Things led, to say another thing that led to the people sin in Noah's day. Listen to me. And young people, single people, hear me this morning. That the people in Noah's day began to form unsanctified marriages. Genesis 6 verse 2 said that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. The daughters of men were the descendants of Cain, the people who did not worship God. And they saw that they were fine, that they were beautiful, that they were attractive. It wasn't that the godly women weren't attractive. They just liked what the women out there were wearing and how they were acting. Are you listening to me? So, the Bible says that they married who they chose. They didn't care whether the man or woman would help them on their Christian journey. They began to lose their way spiritually. Are you listening to me today? They became bloodthirsty as a result and deadly. They became arrogant and prideful. They became materialistic and covetous and greedy. One sin led to the whole world becoming evil. Think about it, brothers and sisters. That sin began to destroy the appetite for spiritual things. Children were growing up in the homes without the fear of God. And they perfected the evil that their parents committed. But I want to tell you there is hope for you because G. Paul says if you find yourself in that position that through your example of godly living he or she maybe can come to Christ. God warned the children of Israel not to intermarry with the Canaanites. He says in Deuteronomy 7 verse 3 do not intermarry with them do not give your daughters or your sons to them. 
for they will turn your children's hearts away from following me. And the Lord's anger will burn against you quickly. First Kings, talking about Solomon in chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 says, And Solomon, however, loved the foreign women, Pharaoh's daughter, the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidians, and the Hittites. They were from the other nations about which the Lord told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because surely they will turn your hearts from following me. They began to marry outside of God's will. The men began to pull the women out of the church. And the women began to pull the men out of the church. The people began to compromise spiritually. Are you hearing me? It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. This is what the word of God says. They compromised spiritually. And they began to reap the consequences both physically and spiritually. And whenever we decide to go outside of God's will, it will never lead to success. Are you hearing me this morning? People became less religious and heavenly minded in Noah's day. And this ought to be a lesson for us that whenever we do things, we need to do it with people who are on the same spiritual wavelength as we are. Who would ever thought that the whole world would become evil because people began to form relationships outside of God's will. The home became run down and the cities became run down and the nation became run down and led to the whole world becoming run down. And you and I this morning in saving grace need to make up our minds that nobody, nor the devil, is going to pull us out of God's church. Are you hearing me this morning? No matter what comes our way, we need to stand with Jesus. Noah had to stand when it was unpopular for him to stand. They wanted Noah to sit down, but Noah kept standing on the promises. Noah had to stand when he was ridiculed. Noah had to stand when he was chastised. Noah had to stand even when his family members wavered in their faith. Noah had to stand when people were mocking him and laughing at him. And you and I are called to stand even in the midst of adversary. Noah had to unite with his family to accomplish God's will. So the Bible says that Noah now, he begins to construct the ark on dry land. Hundreds of feet wide and hundreds of feet long, he and his three sons began to construct the ark. God called him to do something that would stretch him beyond mediocrity and ordinariness. God did not ask Noah to build something that he had seen, heard of, or created before. But this was designed to stretch Noah's faith. 
He had never seen an ark before. He never knew what an ark before. No one in his family had ever constructed an ark before. He had to fully rely on the instructions that God had given him. And so it is. When God calls us, he calls us to do things that would stretch our faith, stretch us beyond mediocrity, and propel us beyond simplicity. No one knew that it was impossible for him to accomplish this without relying fully on God. So Noah had to build the ark on faith. He had to go into his 401k and his social security. He had to take money out of his savings account to finance this project. Are you hearing me this morning? Can you imagine what his wife must have felt like when she saw her retirement going into an ark? Money being invested in something that may not happen according to popular opinion. After all, they had never been rain. The feelings that Noah's wife must have had when she saw people laughing at her husband. She must have felt ashamed and frustrated. At times, she probably wondered if Noah had gone mad. I know some of y'all are thinking that about your husband and wife right now. If they have gone mad. <laughs> and they're not even building the heart. Have mercy, Jesus. Help us, Lord, in this place. But I want to tell you this morning that Noah was faithful. All the work she had been doing for all her life was now being taken away to be put in an ark. And this was a hard message to believe because no one in the entire world believed it. You can hear the hammer. As Noah got up early in the morning to construct the ark, you could hear the hammer clinking and the saw cutting from miles away. Day in and day out, uh, Noah worked on constructing the ark. People came from near and far to see this phenomenal. Noah had to make provisions for the whole world to be saved. Children took field trips to join the popular jest and mocking. Professors and teachers explained to their students that it was impossible for rain to fall. He had to preach a message that had no scientific evidence to back it up. People told Noah to sit down. People told Noah to stop preaching. But Noah kept standing. Noah's wife may have been tempted not to believe and doubt. His children may have been tempted to doubt. But Noah stood like a rock. Some have denied Jesus because they don't want people to talk about them. And they don't want people to mock them. So they hide their Christianity. And when they get around their friends, they're completely different than how they act at church. Some people don't want to preach like Noah because they won't be cool anymore. 
But God is not asking you to be cool in man's eyes. He's asking you to be cool in his eyes. What do you say? You say, Jesus says that every man who confesses me before men, the son of man will confess him before the angels. I don't know about you, but I want to be confessed before the angels. The world wanted Noah to sit down, but Noah kept on standing. And you got to stand when people in this world want you to sit. For 120 years, Noah preached a message that God had given him. For 120 years, Noah had no baptisms or church growth. For 120 years, no lives were changed. For 120 years, Noah was debated and made a public spectacle. For 120 years, his ministry seemed like a failure. For 120 years, people laughed at him. At times, his wife and children laughed at him. At times, his aunties and uncles laughed at him. At times, scientists and politicians debated him. And when people laugh at you, you got to laugh back because God's word will come to pass. Noah's ministry seemed unfruitful, listen to me, and unproductive. It seemed unfertile. He would not have been hired by our SDA conference when he left the seminary. He was the most unsuccessful pastor. No baptisms for 120. Are you listening to me this morning? Nobody coming to church except his wife and him pity them. Are you, are you listening to me? Huh? When he left the seminary, they said, man, you need to change your career, get into engineering or something. So winning ain't for you. This was the kind of obstacle Noah was facing. And sometimes we read the story of Noah and we think, oh, Noah preached 120 years. No. People threatened him. But angels of God stood there to protect him. Help me, Lord. What made Noah's job more difficult? And Ellen White alludes to this. Was because pastors, spiritual leaders were against him. Businessmen, lawyers, and all those people in the community. Can you imagine how much more difficult his job it would, must have been if other pastors, other spiritual leaders were debating him? And they told the people, be quiet. Don't worry. There ain't no flood. And it's the same thing happening today. People are crying, peace, peace. When sudden destruction will come. Jesus says, there ain't no time for peace. It's time to get ready. Are you hearing me this morning? That's all these churches now are preaching. Be 
people are comfortable uh, getting a little kerchief or by faith. Putting a little water on this and that God is going to bless me in a big house. And well, No, God doesn't want everybody to be rich. Everybody won't be rich. So what does that mean? You're cursed? No. God has different plans for different people. But whatever God puts you, you need to be productive there. Noah's job was more difficult because church people were against him too. Imagine his biggest congregation consists of seven people. So, we know when they were taking up tithe and offering, it wasn't much. And they look at tithe and offering they took up among them, brother. Was from, was invested in the ark. Nobody was putting in a lot of money. But Noah financed it himself. And God was the one that financed his project. Are you listening to me this morning? Because when God tells you to do something, he will make a way. If it's God's will, it's God's bill, and he will pay it. Are you hearing me today? Now listen to this. In the book, Patriarchs and Prophets, she says that some people were deeply convicted when Noah was preaching. Listen to this. But when they saw so many people mocking him, then they partook of the same spirit. They resisted the invitation of mercy, she says. And listen to this. And they, the same people who were convicted when Noah was preaching, because they started to listen to the people and they stopped believing, she says that they became the most bold and hardened scoffers. But listen to this. It gets worse. For none are so reckless to go to such length in sin. Listen to this. As do those who have once had light but have resisted the convicting spirit of God. Are you, you didn't hear me. And she says that none go so far in sin but those who once were following Christ and then they left and these people became the worst. They were worse than the people outside. Because that's why Matthew says that when an unclean spirit leaves and it goes out if the house is not occupied by the Holy Spirit when the devil come back you're going to be worse are you listening to me this morning? Worse than the, the Bible says that they who once were convicted became one of the worst skeptics. Those who heard the preaching of not God's word ignored his Holy Spirit and they became worse than anyone else. They turned from the pleading of God's spirit. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this morning, this is a very dangerous thing that we do. Many times we have heard God's preaching Sabbath after Sabbath, and we still refuse to yield. When God is calling you to something better, 
We act like the devil can give us a better time than Jesus. The devil wants to kill you and I. He has nothing good for you. Are you listening to me this morning? God wants something better for you. And he's calling people, get on the ark of safety. For a point I want to make is that Noah had to lead by example. And I wondered how his three sons must have felt, Sister Barrett. And as other children laughed at their daddy. And they called their family crazy. Huh? Have you thought about that? Other children didn't, probably didn't want to hang out with Noah's kids. Because their family was called irrational, unreasonable, and indifferent. The brightest and most brilliant minds came from far and near to debate and argue with him and to talk to Noah to put some sense in him. But Noah was experiencing pressure on all sides. Noah's wife probably became lonely over the years as her friendships dwindled, as the wives of, of, of these mad women, probably their husband said, I don't want you to hang out with Mrs. Noah anymore. Their entire family was experiencing change all because of Noah. All the investments were now going into an ark. Everything they had worked for was going into the ark to protect them from something that did not exist yet. What if I told you it's going to snow in Florida? Would you believe me? I hope you would. They united against him. And as we're talking about uniting with Christ, last night we talked about uniting with the world. This morning I'm talking about uniting with your families. And this evening we'll be uniting with Christ. And listen to me. But Noah united with his family to do God's will. And today God wants some people to unite with their wives. Unite with their children to do his will. His message sounded crazy and fanatical. They probably would have said he's a part of the shepherd rod if it was today. Huh? It's like what we see people. It's like when we see people leaving well-paying jobs to go to the seminary to pursue a vocation that doesn't promise them a job after they graduate. I've seen people say, man, you crazy. You're going to see you left this pay well-paying job to be a pastor. Huh? But brothers and sisters, when God calls you to do something, he's not calling you to be worried about money. Solely, if he called you, he's going to provide. And what God calls us to do is to be faithful to whatever he calls. Because the Bible says that the righteous will not be forsaken. You have to lead by example. Sometimes when things seem to be unpromising, we must stay true to God's word. To give us the light and guidance that we need. Noah and his whole family members may have been lost if Noah doubted. And brothers and sisters and the men I'm talking to you in particular. We are responsible for our families. 
because if Noah doubted, him and his family would have been lost. But because Noah believed his wife and children followed him. And we need to be an example for righteousness in our homes. Are you listening to me? And the mothers who don't have a husband, I want to encourage you to follow Jesus all the way. We got to lead by example. Our kids need to see us praying, reading our Bible, getting in the, listening to me this morning, getting deep with Jesus. Abraham had to lead by example, even when it cost him his son's life. Noah finished the ark at the end of 120 years. The ark was so big that people and animals could fit on it. But here's the problem. How is Noah going to get all these animals into the ark? See, getting the animals into the ark was perplexing. But this wasn't Noah's problem. All God told him was to build the ark. You see, sometimes we worry about things that God didn't tell us to worry about in the first place. All God said, just build the ark and I will take care of the rest. The Bible says animals began to come. But listen to this. Noah was supposed to live with the animals for months. Imagine how the ark going to smell. Noah was not a veterinarian. He wasn't a zoologist. And listen to this. The animals that are on the ark are lions, tigers, cheetahs, bears, and I've been so afraid to see. And Noah was supposed to live on the ark with them. To live on the ark with these vicious animals required faith. That they wouldn't eat him on the ark. Are you listening to me? But God closed their mouths like he did for Daniel. But when God tells you to do something, don't worry. Just do what Jesus says. got into the ark and people began to laugh and mock them. For seven days, uh, the spirit of prophecy says uh, that they continued to party and mock in Noah. Unaware of the judgment that was coming for seven days, uh, they, they didn't see anything. So they began to dance around the ark and say, Noah, we told you there ain't no rain coming. And they were laughing at Noah. For seven days, they popped their Heineken on their Red Bull. And they start the party around the ark. Are you listening to me? For seven days, they light up their ganjas and started, oh, y'all ain't with me this morning. And they began to burn their herbs. And, and they said, Noah, you're crazy. Ain't nothing happening. For seven days, they began to party all night long. Seven days later. They saw clouds coming. Seven days later, they saw the lightning flashing. Seven days later, they heard the thunder rolling. Seven days later, they felt the wind blowing. And all of a sudden, great drops of rain began to fall on the earth. 
both men and beasts began to run towards the ark. And as they began to run towards the ark, it was too late because the ark was shut. And I want to tell somebody this morning, don't wait till the ark gets shut. You need to get on before the door closes. No one was there laughing anymore. No one was there mocking anymore. Noah wasn't crazy anymore. But Noah stood firm on the promises of God. And when we stand firm on the promises of God, you can always be sure that God will do what he says. Noah remained triumphant in the times when things were against him. And he was able to overcome because Jesus stood right there with Noah when he was preaching. And we got the assurance that when we are doing God's will, we don't have to do it by ourselves. But Jesus says, I am right there with you. He was able to overcome because Jesus stood there with him. And we too can stand because Jesus is standing with us. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to tell you that for 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and he made an ark on the place called Calvary. And when he died, people were given the invitation to come on board. He stood preaching for three and a half years. But some believe and some doubted. He stood preaching like Noah. And then all of a sudden, they took my Lord and put him on a cross. They killed him. Huh? Many didn't believe, but Jesus kept on preaching. And I want to tell you, Pilate put him in a tomb. They beat him and mocked him. They slapped him and spat on him. They put him on the cross and he died. But I want to tell you this morning that when Jesus took on sin without it, controlling him. He took on death without it eradicating him. He Then he took on the grave without it annihilating him. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is our way when there is no way. He is our heart of safety. Are you listening to me this morning? Because when I think about Jesus and all that he has done for me, I have to give God some praise. I have to shout hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Because when I think about Jesus, IRS cannot cheat him. Songwriters cannot replete him. Landlords cannot evict him. Judges cannot convict him. I want to tell you about Jesus this morning. Sin and sickness cannot subdue him. The grave cannot hold him. Death cannot destroy him. Tyrants cannot twist him. Terrorists cannot bomb him. Politicians cannot pollute him. Human traffickers cannot pimp him. Evil cannot eradicate him. Demons cannot destroy him. Death cannot disturb him. Satan cannot subvert him. Neurotics cannot negate him. Buddha cannot beguile him. Hinduism cannot haunt him. Confucius cannot corrupt him. Islam cannot imitate him. Atheists cannot disprove him. ISIS cannot behead him. Evolution cannot deny him. Pantheism cannot observe him. 
Haile Selassie cannot replace him. And the Pope cannot be him. How many want to give God some praise this morning? How many want to give God some praise? God has built the ark for us to come on board. And he's waiting for you to make that decision this morning. He wants you to come on board. And the ark is open right now. I want to make my appeal. Come on board. Because just like the rain came, fire is coming. But you don't got to get on to get the fire. You could be in the new Jerusalem. And you can be saved and talked away with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I want to invite you today. You know the Spirit of God is talking to you. And you are saying, Lord, I don't want to give up the world because I enjoy the things I'm doing. But brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today that the world is coming to an end and everything in it. Would you give your life to Jesus? He wants you to surrender. The ark is open. And as I'm closing, I want to tell you, I read once in the book, Great Controversy, he says that when the, the wicked rise from the dead, they will see the new Jerusalem coming down. And as they see the new Jerusalem coming down, brothers and sisters, they will get up. And when the new Jerusalem sits down, they say, she says that the Bible says that Satan will gather the people to try to attack the new Jerusalem. And when they are about to attack the new Jerusalem, they say that the Bible says, and the spirit of prophecy alludes to this. All of a sudden, they see the throne of God with Jesus sitting on it gets above the new Jerusalem and they will be stopped in their tracks. And all of a sudden, everybody standing there will have a vision of how God had given them opportunity after opportunity, but they refuse, and now they are outside of the ark of safety. Don't let that be you this morning. Because every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. Are you listening to me? But don't bow when it's too late. Bow when you're in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to invite you this morning to give your life to Jesus. You can start playing for me, brother. God is calling you. You hear the word. People said, well, if I was in Noah's day, I wouldn't have resisted. But today is Noah's day. And God is calling you today. What will you do? Are you coming in the ark of safety this morning? Are you going to allow Jesus to care for you? Jesus wants you. Come on board. Come on board. Come on board, brothers and sisters. Come on board. Because God is calling you to come on board this morning. What you going to do? His arms is open. Invitation of mercy is given to us. I know what it's like to sit and resist the spirit of God. 
Brothers and sisters, but God is asking you to surrender because he has something better for you. Though we don't want to surrender the will once we give the will over, our life will drastically improve. Is there anyone today? Who is it today? Take the world, but give me Jesus. Who is it today? All its joy. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you today. Because the master of land and sea is hearing your despairing cry. And he wants to lift you. He wants to lift you. Who is it today? Surrender to the Lord Jesus. As I'm going to close, I want to pray for you today. Pray that Lord that you may touch them. I'm going to pray that the Lord helps you in your decision for him. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, we are so thankful that when everyone fails, when life fails, Jesus never fails. I want to thank you, Lord, for having the ark of safety today. Lord, I pray that the individual may surrender and give their lives to you. Lord, we need you today. We need you to help us to make that decision. Lord, I know your spirit is tugging at that individual. Reach them. Pull them in. Because they need you. That Lord, when you come, we may not be outside of the ark. But help us to be in the ark. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer today. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.